Welcome everyone to another great episode of the Do Better Dev Show. I am here today with Nathan, because who else would be Holy here? Holy smokes. How's it going, Dan? I know, right? At this point, I should just stop introducing you. At this point, I should just be like, you know who is here. And if you don't, go listen to the other 35 episodes well, we the did. The thing is, it could always be the first episode. And statistically speaking, it probably is. That's true. Okay. In that case, you could still listen to our other episodes, but and you should. Nathan here is really smart, uh, and he has done a bunch of things in his life for some reason. And yeah, how you doing, Nathan? I'm good. Now I'm a little uncomfortable now. Uh, <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really have anything else to say other than thanks for having me again for another episode. Well. Uh, because these people need to be introduced, right? So I'm just making sure. Right, getting your practice in for actual guests. Of course, yeah. Make yeah, them yeah. uncomfortable. I'm, I'm, yeah, of course. <laughs> they'll have a more elaborated uh, intro, which they'll feel like, hopefully, they're, they're just like, oh my god, this is so great, but we'll see. Yeah, there's... Uh, speaking of guests, though, I am like thinking of, I have a Google form thing mm -hmm. going, out, going on, which I'm just going to send to a bunch of people that I think would be good. And just be like, give me your availability, and if you'd be interested, this is not a commitment, just, just let me know so I can bother you in future. So stay tuned, fellow listener. There will be other people besides the two of us you can learn a thing or two from. Great. That's going to be excellent. I had a good time chatting with Anise when we had him on. So. That's true. Yeah, I look forward to having some more people. It gets funny, though, that you say that... Uh, you know, introducing me every time. I can only think of one podcast that doesn't introduce themselves in every episode, and it's uh, like abrupt, a very abrupt and strange because you hit play, and it's Omar Isaf and Eric Helms that do the podcast. And as soon as you hit play, you just hear Eric, and then straight into the episode. And it's like, all right, no, no, no soft lead in, no idea what's going on. Um, so I, I guess it's fine that we stick with proper intros yeah yeah and who knows maybe in future you change your name or it's, who's to say your title yeah i might just sell my who's name who's to say that's true and w calavank tell your friends <laughs> i meant that somebody could pay me and i would change my name to it but uh that, that's also yeah. true <laughs> how's it going yeah <laughs> <laughs> Have you? Oh, I, do I have to do a? Okay, so I'll do I'll do a lead-in. I'll just oh, be like, thanks. so that's pretty cool. You may sell your name at some point. What other cool wholesome things that have happened this oh, week yeah. to you? Uh, transitions are smooth when you point them out. So okay, <laughs> I I have a few things actually. Um, so first thing I've mentioned a bunch in the last few weeks that we have been working on feature branch environments uh, on my team. So essentially where you create a branch in GitHub prefixed with feature slash and then open a PR for it. And if the PR is open, it will send out a webhook, spin up a new environment, and that new environment will be based on whatever changes you have, as well as all the other services in their standard version, uh, whatever we choose those defaults to be. And it's notable that yesterday I did the first feature that was fully tested in one of those branches by the QA team 
approved by the devs and then merged into ma into the master or main, whichever one, because it's split now, uh, the trunk branch afterwards. And it all went through the feature branch. So it was fully tested, approved, and good to go before it got into the trunk branch, which it's a small thing. It was literally a small audit logging fix. But the fact that it happened was very notable. It was like we went from zero times this had been done to one, and that means I'm looking forward to having it many more times in the future. Um, and we're also updating some of our release branch management process. So hopefully things will go a bit better because we just had a very messy um, last release. It's a, it was very drawn out just due to rotation of people on the team and, and such. So looking forward to more stable release management. Uh, this one is one that you might actually find interesting. So I, last week, I think it was last week, we talked about our sudden onset of existential crises. And then I went on YouTube and this guy I watched some of his videos of, it's called Common Sense Investing. It's run by a guy named Ben Felix, who's from Toronto or somewhere in Ontario. And uh, he put out a video that day called Investing in Happiness. And it oh. ended up just being a whole bunch of stuff I already knew spoken back to me, but it told me a lot of the stuff that I kind of needed to hear <laughs> at that moment. Hmm. And so then at the end of that video, because it was a good video, I watched it all the way to the end. And he said, we have a podcast called The Rational Reminder Podcast. It's hosted by me and some other guy, uh, Carmen, maybe. And he, uh, he's like, you should all check it out if you enjoyed this video. So I went and checked it out, and I've since listened to probably 12 to 20 of their episodes. Uh, they're oh, really wow. good, and it's nice that it's Canada-based. So investment podcasts are pretty much always based, or financial podcasts in general, they seem to always be based on U.S. stuff, and there are enough differences that it's nice to just know that this is based on Canadian stuff. Um, so I've been enjoying that. I just listened to one today that was called uh, Day Trading and Overconfidence. I think it was episode 120 or mm. 121. Uh, so that one was fun because I think that day trading is a bit reckless and silly. And this affirmed my biases. So I enjoyed that. Uh, do you have anything before I just keep ranting? No, no. Keep ranting. That's why we're here. All right. Perfect. So yeah, I'm going to link to some of those things in the show notes because I think that podcast is good if you're into financial podcasts. If you're not, don't listen to it. It's kind of as it sound he has a voice that's a lot a, a voice and cadence that's a lot like Sam Harris with a little bit more enthusiasm. So if you like the yeah. way that Sam Harris talks and you're interested in finance, it's probably a good podcast for you. Also at this point, if you're like above 17 or 18 and not into financial advice get into it i wish i had i'd probably be have a le better managed portfolio than however i've handled my money lately i mean lately i've been good but however i did when i was in my younger years <laughs> um, because nobody teaches you these things it's true yeah a few yeah. years ago i had my initial like let's clean up it was a summer of let's clean up my finances and the first thing was literally just going from a bank that charged me for everything to a bank that didn't. And that was just enough to get the ball rolling and just built up from there. So yeah, if you're paying for your checking account, for example, maybe consider don't and just find a bank that doesn't charge you for that because it's not necessary. Things like that. 
this is a, a, a fun one. It's also related to work, which was we have a device registration process that contacts SNS at AWS. And for whatever reason, there's part of the user flow that for iOS or Android, one of the two, it does an initial request that is a bunk authentication token. So then that hits SNS, it's not valid, so SNS tries to send them a message and that device doesn't exist because it's not a valid APNS token and then it all fails, so it disables that endpoint. And there are other uh, user flows where users get partway through the login or account creation process and then bail and it still registers the device, but the token hasn't been generated yet. So we have a record of that user having said, I'm going to use this device, and then it doesn't get fully registered. So when we hit SNS, SNS tries to send that device a message and can't. So for example, if push notifications are blocked and it fails, so it tells us that it failed, and then after you do that more than a few times, it says, I'm disabling this and not trying anymore. And so what we had, if you went to our Sentry error logs, was dev looked fine, QA looked fine, staging looked fine, you get to prod and it's just all endpoint disabled errors uh, because every time you hit with an invalid uh, authentication token, it would just say, we are, we've disabled this endpoint, stop trying to use it. And so our entire thing was just filled with that. And so I did a fix about a month ago now to turn that off so that we now keep track of something if it's marked as disabled and then we just skip a bunch of the steps so that if SNS tells us I've disabled this endpoint, then we track that state locally and next time it comes up until the uh, device re-registers, we just ignore it. And so that saved us a ton. And so it went from every few seconds you had multiple device uh, or endpoint disabled messages to the, the last hour of work today, we had six, I think, in an hour, and that's totally manageable. Uh, plus, it should have gradually just disappeared because at this point, it's devices that haven't re-registered since I put in that change. But it was behind a feature flag, which I've talked about in previous episodes. So it was very fun because we deployed it, everything's still a mess, and then we flipped on the feature flag in production and refreshed the logs and just see it all clear out as new errors and such come in. Um, but the thing that was the problem about this was that Sentry couldn't compress them. So normally it compresses errors and says like, this error happened this many times. But because it was a different mm. device every time, it didn't know how to compress it. So it was just the whole page was filled and we essentially couldn't use Sentry in production, which is, defeats the whole purpose. So this was a, a big deal. The team was very happy that it worked. And it was one of those things where the work to do it was uh, fairly minimal and the payoff was very good. <laughs> so those are the best kind of ratios. Uh, like crypto, but yeah. Right, yeah. You pay the, <laughs> the cost is the heat death of the universe and the benefit is you go to the moon. Yeah. What else do you need? Nothing, just, just crypto <laughs> uh, and non-fungible tokens. So mm. I have one more thing. Well, I haven't even got to my wholesome <laughs> recommendations. See, I told you I was loading up yeah. on all these things before the show. So stoked. So many things. I, <laughs> this is my Rocket League update. So. Damn. 
It's been for I forgot that game existed. <laughs> I uh, I had a real bad series of games sometime last week ish. I don't remember exactly when it was, but I managed to lose something like eight twos, so two v two games in a row. I went from this won't mean anything to anybody that doesn't know, but if you do know, I went from diamond one div three down to plat two div two or something like that that sounds through bad. straight losses and i would play like threes and i would win most of the games and then lose a couple and then win most of them and i was gradually moving up my ones gradually moving up and twos which is usually my best game mode i was just tanking and then i won one game after losing eight in a row and then i proceeded to lose another like six it was insane. I was losing so many games, and I couldn't figure out why. I was, I was just like, at some point, I had to stop saying, "All right, these teammates aren't making any sense," because that was what I kept having. I had, I did have out of six games, I had four teammates that just were AFK, so that's not helpful. Um, but at some point, I was like, "This has to be me." So what I did was my usual fix, which is I turned off game chat except for tactical. So tactical chat is like a subset. You can only set four options to be tactical. And usually people will set them to things like, I got it, which is usually what you say on kickoff or uh, defending, something like that. And so it pretty much just silences everything, which is really good. Uh, and so I went back in, proceeded to win most of my games. I'm not back up to diamond yet, but I'm back into like mid plat three. I'm like, all right, well, at least I've, I got out of that rut. But I was having so many issues. Uh, we would get up five to one, and then, in, like in one game, we got up five to one, and then they came back, tied it, got into overtime, and then on the kickoff in overtime, they scored, and we lost the game. My teammate was just screaming at me. So I was like, yeah, it's probably good that I just turn it off quick chat. <laughs> and uh, it worked. So that's my suggestion. If you're dealing, you, this does not, however, fix the people that slide into your Xbox Live DMs after the game until you have that's what i was gonna say i was gonna say if you do that you still get the wholesome messages <laughs> unbelievable those are mostly from people in 1v1 though uh it's crazy mm -hmm. so for people who don't understand what i'm saying here there's game there's a, a chat option in rocket league itself and some people aren't satisfied with that so after i've beat them in 1v1 because it's never somebody who's lost in to me in 1v1 they're not gonna say anything uh after i beat somebody in 1v1 they send me messages on Xbox in the messaging client on Xbox to tell me how trash I am. And the best one was that the last guy, he was actually right about all of his criticisms, but I'm like, but, but like I won, so why is he even bothering to message? So I just, I just ignore them and I don't say anything back. But it just cracks me up. I'm just like, you people are insane. I would never, I just want to forget. If I get beat by somebody in a, a match, I want to move on. I'm not like, let me live in this moment by messaging them. Yeah, but you're like zen than most people. Some people just hold, you know. It's it's like it's like two of my friends. Uh, they shall remain unnamed. They play, uh, I think, Rainbow Six Siege. Okay. Uh, quite a bit here and there, and yeah, they they they'll argue about something one of them did wrong for weeks. Oh no. Those very remember when you did that, and I'm just like that game is over. That session is done. <laughs> They've had many fights just because of how the other one was playing. Yikes. Um, yeah, so video game, just to play video games and enjoy them, uh, is not a concept that's widely accepted. Mm. 
it has to be attached to your emotions. See, I do you know, just like sports. I do well. I do get emotional while playing the game, but once that game's over, if it didn't go well, like I'm closing the game or that no. match and moving on to the next one. And I have a routine where it's like, all right, if I'm not, if I lose a twos match, I have to play ones after. And the reason hmm. being, if I win the ones game after that, I feel better about myself. And if I lose the yeah. ones game, I can base it how I'm playing in that match to decide, all right, was it definitely me? Because if I just get, if I get crushed like eight to one in a ones match after losing a twos, I'm like, let's just be nice to whoever my next teammate is by not having a twos match again. Because clearly I'm playing like trash right now. So it's a, it's a good metric. I like that the, the game has these options. But this is uh, unfortunately not the Rocket League show. There is... Yet. Yet. Yeah. Well, the Salt Cast hasn't put out an episode in a long time. So I'm taking over that uh, niche pretty soon. I still haven't done my wholesome recommendation, so I guess that's the last thing on my list. Now, this one, I actually have two, already, two more already lined up, but I'm, using the, I'm ordering them strategically here so that I don't just do four or five weeks in a row of music-related things because everybody's going to get a, see a pattern real soon with the things I recommend. Um, but the next one's going to be great, but the one today is a weird one. It's an older video. And for anyone who's heard of Postmodern Jukebox, they are a set of musicians, I guess, that make 19, like early 1900s style covers of modern songs. And so they've done a bunch uh, that got really viral. And a lot of them have Haley, oh, I should have pulled this up beforehand, Haley something, but she's in this one. And it's called Mad World. And it's a Mad World cover by a postmodern jukebox. I'll link to it in the description. And it's fair warning. One of the singers is uh, Puddle's Pity Party, who is a six foot eight clown. And so if you don't want to see a six foot eight clown, maybe don't watch it. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to watch it. It is quite good, though. So that's why it's in my wholesome recommendations. And next week will mm. not be a music one. And the week after that, currently, is another music one. So fair warning. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. There's a pattern here. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to split up so it's not too much of a pattern. Mm. Well, you did great on the Rocket League then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, see, I, thought, I thought it was going to be easy to make multiple weeks that weren't music stuff and it was not super easy barely an inconvenience wow sounds very inconvenient so what about you do you have <laughs> anything to say after all that <laughs> well i i can't top any of it but i do have some cool things that happened this okay. week um one of the things actually uh, during your talk mm -hmm. of the technical things that you were mentioning um, I, I got a potential episode idea. We could do one on pipelines. I don't think we've done that yet. So that should be pretty cool. Sure. Yeah, we did one on CICD. Listen to it if you haven't. Yeah. So that's related, but yeah, we can talk about other related things. Like building proper pipelines, you know, stages, softwares. Get get into it. Okay, I can. So I'm kind of excited sure, about I that. I can get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so made some, made some notes on that. Uh, cool stuff this week, though. I went to an arcade, uh, which I didn't know existed in my neighborhood. It's pretty brand new. It's it's like super cool and modern looking. Like 
you go in and it's like, yeah, this is modern. Okay. And yeah, because yeah, it's it's in a mall and it has the whole like black theme and big cool machines, and and they the genius thing they did was um, to get in you have to either be 19 or be accompanied by an adult, because right next to the main arcade section there is a drinking and an eating area and the drinking area isn't like for kids it's like a restaurant style but it's sort of on a higher ledge so if you're a parent you could sit there have a drink and keep an eye on your kid um and it's it just looked really cool because it's also i'm sure a hot date spot Mm. um because you could go there enjoy a jolly good time have some drinks uh, get some food and, and go home. And their prices, I didn't check their drinks or whatever prices, but their game prices were pretty reasonable. Um, and they had all sorts of things. Uh, arcades, one of those motorbikes, um, I don't know, some of those skis balls, I think they're called. Ice co- ice balls? Ski ball? Whatever the one you roll the ball and it just jumps into holes. I think and it's then depending ski on ball. the hole. Something yeah, is yeah. called ski ball and it might be that. It might be that, and if it is, that was cool. Uh, so I got to enjoy that for the. I, I don't think I'd played any of these like arcade, like fair games before. I've only really played pinball and like digital video game kind of things. So that was sort of cool. I'll probably be going there again. I got one of their like voucher cards, uh, put in the max amount of balance, because it was like if you put in 50 bucks, we'll give you all these bunch of points for free and I was like I'm probably definitely coming back here so (laughs) yeah load me up load me up um yeah and I watched Free Guy which was really cool uh I mean partially it felt really cool because I hadn't gone to the movies all of COVID so now every time I go back I'm like yeah that was cool um I tried out D-Box seating which was also interesting uh if you haven't tried them before they move with the movie so that was kind of interesting and yeah and then i mentioned in the last episode there's pub trivia coming back uh in our in our the pub i used to go to so i'm probably gonna go there tonight oh uh so pretty excited for that uh i always suck at it unless it's like based on some tv show but it's just nice to go and learn how dumb i am i don't know Um, how anybody does well in trivia it's just there's so many facts in the world i I'm always surprised when anybody in the room knows stuff. It's just people, people are just, you know, people who just know things. I, they, maybe they went to the school for people who want to know stuff. But no, the thing is, I do know people who are like that and they just know a bunch of random stuff. And you're like, how do you, how do you acquire this information? Is it specifically for trivia nights? Do you attend past trivia nights? Did you get a list of questions ahead of time? Like, how do you know these things? They, yeah, they just have either drank a lot of these pub trivia nights mm. or in their spare time, they just do crosswords or read random things. Oh, yeah. You know, some people do, like doing that stuff. <laughs> Those people are scary. I like, I like how you told me that as if it's news. Like, you, you might not have known. <laughs> yeah, but some people have so, different some interests. Some people like doing things that you don't like doing. It, it's, it's always news to me because I like most things. Mm. So it's interesting to me when people are doing things that I don't like, because I'm like, that should just not exist. Mm. You know, like robbery. Some people do it and they enjoy it. I'm not Crazy. a huge fan. Yeah, I'm not going to do it either. Well, yeah, probably yeah. not. Probably not. 
Probably not. Not not on a recorded session. Correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Never, Anyways, never uh, so the never would. Those those are some of the kind of the cool things. Uh, yeah. So that was a fun week ish. Um, learning to do a lot more Ruby. Um, again, still, <laughs> I I keep thinking I'll like it, and I just don't. Any any time I've gotten used to it, I learn about some new function or feature that makes me hate it. Uh, what I did enjoy though is the debugger that comes with it, or you can inject in it. Um, that I'm completely forgetting about now, because the moment work is over, I usually meditate and throw it all out of my brain because I don't want none of that mm. <laughs> uh, but it's really cool uh, you can put in you can put in basically your debugging statement wherever you want in the code and since it is a runtime language not a compile time when it's executing it'll just throw you into a shell into wherever you put in the statement so you can, you can just sit there it's I'm pretty sure it's very it's stolen something from Python I used to do that in Python as well um, but it's just nice to know that they stole something good and it's fun to use yeah, my debugging and learning more about like better approaches to debugging is on my list of things to do over the next year or so because my debugging skills are like enough to get the job done but i see the occasional person that's put the time in to really get good with debugging i'm just like oh wow it's there's a lot of stuff you can do if you really know how your debugger mm -hmm. tools work and if I'm going to keep working with similar stacks, which I have been for a while now, may as well actually sink my teeth into their debugging tools and get better with them. Yeah, I think debugging is sort of an art. I really enjoy it, uh, even though if I, if you, even if I'm not fully aware of all the tools and debugging tricks and libraries, um, I've just noticed somehow, uh, I, I think it's just the process to follow and just why is this happening? Just asking a billion whys. I just find it really fun. Maybe the people I do it with get really annoyed. I don't know. I don't care. Because at the end of the day, I can figure it out. Um, and sometimes, at one point, I was like, is that a job, like professional debugger? That would be cool. I would just like show up to people's places and be like, you're missing a semicolon. And you like, know? That would yeah, be cool. I'm not only a debugger, I'm also a visual parser. <laughs> just look at your code yes, and I parse yeah. it. Make sure it's valid tokenize it it exactly it's one of my favorite interview questions when they're then they give you a little code snippet and they're just like what's wrong Dude, with I, this and i'm like oh I my god that so hard it was a microsoft one they sent me a link to a test and there was four or five questions and one of them was find out like this is what it's supposed to do find the bug and fix it didn't mm. even find the bug <laughs> it's like Maybe the question was just, did, do you have it? Can you send it to me after? Uh, maybe. I can try to find it. I'm sure the link is dead by now. Okay. But. Damn can, it. If you remember it. I definitely do not. Um, but okay. I'll try to, I'll, I'll check my email, see if I still have the, the email. Uh, but I, I was just like okay. so blown away because I'd never seen one of those questions before. And I thought, this can't be that hard. Oh, they're so I'll just good. just come up with some edge cases. And then I couldn't come up with any edge cases that, did, that failed. So I was like, I don't know. Uh, fun fact, that was actually the first in-person interview question I ever faced for a professional job. Was debugging a piece of code? Yeah, because I applied at this company, I think it was Latitude Geographics, mm -hmm. and when I went in for the interview, their interview process was, this is, a this is some C code, 
and I didn't speak C very well, but they were just like, tell me everything that could go wrong with this. And uh, yeah, just that assumption game. And I was like basically shitting my pants because, you know, I, I've never done any professional interviews. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and this guy is just asking me C, already I'm nervous and all that. But it was still overall enjoyable because the things I kept saying or asking for, he seemed to be like, that's a good point. And I was like, great. Uh, so even if your interviewee is not doing a great job, just tell them they are. They might actually end up doing something good uh, because the nervousness is too real. Yeah. Also, telling them they're doing a bad job is not going to make them do any better. So you may as well lie to them. Exactly. Give them some confidence, <laughs> see if it calms their nerves, and then maybe they're brilliant after that. Who knows? There's That's always true. the chance. There's, you're definitely not going to find yeah. that out unless they're the very odd person that you tell them they're bad and then they just level up. Like, oh, all the nerves I had, they went away. So now I'm smart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like how you're super nervous and you take two shots and now you're the smartest person in the room. Maybe not actually, but In your cares? mind, you are. In your mind. And that's all that matters. Mindset. It's like people who are like, caffeine you makes know? me smart. It's like, no, it just makes you feel smart. Yeah. <laughs> that's honestly half the time that's what matters. <laughs> And that's all you need to Feel smart, be smart. That's what they say. I think it's what good play game, but whatever. (laughs) Feel good, be smart. (laughs) Feel smart, be smart. We'll just we'll just go with that. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, but that's all the all the things that were on my list. Um, But yeah, speaking of smart things. Happy birthday to (laughs) Linux. Happy wow. birthday. Oh, you're going. To Linux. Just the first two. Okay. But it was what, 30th? Linux is 30th birthday recently? Linux is turning 30. Cue Bo Burnham's turning 30 yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote two first, ver- two first lines, and that's it. They're not very good. Yeah, if we get 1,000 subs, Nathan will release it on YouTube. Yeah, full cover. Full cover. With the music yeah. video. I will direct it myself. You're the second person who had said they would be involved with my cover of Bo Burnham 30. Because I'll turn 30 one of these days, and uh, somebody else already offered to be part of my video version for that. Was I not the no, one? No, you weren't there for that conversation. Damn it. Well, whatever. But at this point, I'll I'm going to have multiple covers out there. So, uh, But the okay. point is, right. Linux, it's a big deal. A lot of people use it. It is and a big now, deal. Now it's hit the big 3-0. And unlike most people, it's only getting better as it's getting older. You know. I see what you did there, and it's sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of having pain in its knees, it's holding up most of the cloud on its shoulders. Yeah, and can actually detect your monitor when you plug in. Oh, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, you used to be able to do that very well. <laughs> it's learning, okay? On the GUI side of things, it's it's getting better slowly. Drivers are coming to it. The world is learning just what can it do for normal people. Mm-hmm. So far, it's only been used by your typical, I am really into computer people. You know, you know the kind who, who dream about programming. Or thinking about like making developer memes. <laughs> Who would do that? 
<laughs> Those crazy folks uh, are the ones who enjoy unrelated. it. Unrelated, check out our Instagram page. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's all there is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll speak to the Instagram page more. Remind me on the doing right. better. I have I have All notes. Right, sounds good. All right, but but yeah, Linux is turning 30. For I'm sure if you're in tech or not, and you're listening to this episode, you already have some idea of Linux. Uh, but we'll do an overview. Um, yeah, just a I I made some notes, so I want to make sure I don't like mess it up with the proper terminology. Yeah, because Linus will not be happy. Oh, and uh, and we know Linus is listening to this right now. Yeah, he he loved the first half of the show. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, he pushed through. He was like, "They're talking about Linux, I must." Yeah. Um, all right. So Linux is the kernel, as opposed to the main thing that people usually confuse it with. Linux is not the operating system. Linux is just the kernel, and in layman's term. Kernel is just the first thing that loads up when your computer launches. Think of it as the bootloader. And if you don't know what that is, just think of it as the first thing that launches <laughs> when your computer launches. <laughs> and if you don't know what that is, when you push the button uh, and your computer turns on, Linux was involved, if it's a Linux machine. <laughs> oh, no. It's... All right. Uh, yeah, th them... That's true. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know where Kim is going with this, so I don't have much to say about it. Uh, but Linus Facts, he also invented Git. That's pretty cool. He, uh, he doesn't even use GitHub because he doesn't like the way they... Oh, are you back? Yeah, yeah. Keep going. I'm going to let my... Throat. All right, sure. <clears throat> yeah, so this is all I have to contribute are some uh, Linus Facts. So Linus Torvalds created Linux. Uh, the name is because it was based on a Unix kernel or code base of some sort. And his name's Linus. So we put it together and got Linux. And yeah, he also invented Git because he's a crazy person. And then doesn't like GitHub because they changed some stuff about Git. And so he does all of his contributions to the Linux project through some people posting things in GitHub and then emailing him patches so that he can decide whether or not to merge them. And to this day, it all still goes through him uh, directly. And he's has very strong opinions and you can find some great Linus Torvald interactions on GitHub if you search for them. He, uh, there was, there was a, a PR that somebody opened where they removed all of the long, long data types because they thought they were typos and replaced them with just long. And he and somebody on Reddit was like, this is why Linus doesn't use GitHub. You people are useless. And so it's a lot of that. If you get, anytime you get near Linus, you just get a lot of salt and a lot of bitterness. And at the same time, great software. Well, it's a it's a trade-off, you know. Most of your good developers are it's really salty. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm I'm getting more jaded than I'm salty, <laughs> but hopefully one day I'll I'll know. That's how I'll know that I'm a good developer. Mm. Is when I'm just like, oh, not enough sodium. <laughs> I just need more. I mean, you you sort of see these things coming, right? So if you're like, if you know, and we've talked about this in previous episodes. Most DevOps people are are like not nice. Yes. 
So the so the person who made the software that all the DevOps people have their jobs and livelihood based on cannot be a happy person. That's fair. It just we're all living in the little percentage us of Linus, you know, and just 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 so we're clear, it's not the same guy who gives out the tech tips. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the WAN show. You're not looking at Linus Torvalds. Okay. No. Okay. Because he looks way too young. Yeah, and he's generally a happy guy. Mm. Uh, I also don't know how much Linus Torvalds tends to drop things. Whereas, oh, and also true. Linus from Linus Tech Tips is Canadian, based in Vancouver. So. Yeah. And actually, the only Linus. Yes, I've got all these Linus uh, facts. Torvalds. I did not expect to come in with these. This is just a Linus episode. At yeah, this really. Point now. Uh, but Linus Torvalds, the only Linus fact I have is, which blew my mind, was he was 21 when he started Linux as a hobby project. Hmm. So, you know what I did at 21? <laughs> uh, do I want to know? <laughs> Not. <laughs> I, <laughs> was I even in school? Yes, I had graduated. I was working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was semi-useful semi member of the society. Hmm. Uh, but I was working, I think, in a startup, and yeah, doing startupy things. I was probably just writing JavaScript and HTML, and still thinking that CSS would be a good skill to have. I was probably wow. really big on BEM at that time. Mm. Good thing you grew out of that. Yeah, my entire career has been me trying to find new people to hire so I can get away from those parts of the stack. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> when, when people who are not us, like Linus, uh, that's all I have about Linus. Uh, Linux, on the other hand, uh, for those of you who are interested in dates, <laughs> August 25th, 2020, <laughs> 2021 is when it turned, when software turned 30. So. Just minus 30 for whatever the 90s, 91. Wow, isn't that crazy? Um, anyways, so that's how old Linux is. Fun fact: the this whole episode is a fun fact, so I'm not gonna say that every yeah, time. Yeah, good. Uh, <laughs> I am having fun. But these are facts. The the operating system that Linus worked on while he was developing the code for Linux was called Minix. Um, and uh, I just realized I sort of left my explanation of the beginning halfway through. Yeah, so dying. we touched that. <laughs> yeah, we touched that Linux is a kernel. Kernel is the first thing that boots. Uh, and then Linux kernel was actually inspired from Unix, which was a OS that was developed by AT&T. Uh, which, if you've listened to the sexting song by Bo Burnham, you'd know what it exactly <laughs> That's is. That's all I can hear now in my head. <laughs> That's all. Anytime yeah, somebody I, I does AT&T, that. that's all I'm going to think of. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Linux kernel is mostly written in C. It has some assembly in some other languages that I don't really know um, how it, they even make their way in. Um, but yeah, if you... But it is a lot more accessible than other... OSS, and since it is Unix, it, it's like Unix inspired but not Unix based. Uh, there is, it has, it's like sort of different and can do its own things. Whereas the Windows and 
uh, Mac OS that's the most famous and everybody in the world loves to use is based on Unix and that's why when you open up shells they have slightly different commands but they're doing the same things um, PowerShell is just it shouldn't be a thing they just get rid of it everything should be bash you know I, I would agree with you but as a ops person um, I am very happy I don't have to write command prompt scripts because mm. um, command I, I did command prompt scripting for the longest time um, just because I needed to automate some things on my windows um, and it's it's straight up not fun uh, PowerShell at least has a little bit more syntax some executables some bash like functionalities okay. and unless you have virtualization and uh, what, what is it Windows with subsystem for Linux uh, WSL installed uh, you can't run bash things so PowerShell being your only friend um, is a lot more powerful but yes they they sort of were just like well we can't port Linux on Unix uh, and we sort of have our own language which people are used to let's bash these things together and sort of come up with something and then they gave the world PowerShell and it's it's powerful as, as the name suggests but it's very messy and uh, yeah, hot. yeah not not as intuitive sure. as Linux based yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's the Windows edge of the shell world that is very well put. It's, hey, it's so, not yes. it's not the IE. Let's be fair, but it is it is the Windows Edge. Yeah, it's no Chrome either, but you know, you get. What you <laughs> get. Imagine just open PowerShell and all your RAM gets taken up just immediately. You're like, oh, I guess it's the Chrome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, Edge is based on Chromium. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we'll we'll do episode on browsers too. You know. So many, so many great ideas. I, I'm full of them. Great chat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the so yeah, <laughs> Linux is the kernel. Unix is another OS, and then things are built on top of them. And so Linux has two big, so two big flavors, Debian and Fedora, uh, on it, that are the operating systems. And then there are other flavors of Debian and Fedora your Ubuntu, Kali Linux, whatnot, uh, based on whatever you like doing, you could port your own. It's all open source. Things exist in the outside world. Uh, if you wanted to make change to the Windows operating system source code, guess what? You have to work at Microsoft. Uh, but if you want to do that for Linux, you could just be in your basement. Um, and I'm not saying basement because you're a software developer. I'm just saying because it's probably the only cheap thing to afford when you live in bigger cities. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just being realistic here. I'm just, honestly, yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming you have a basement suite and you're working on Linux, all right? Yeah, because you're a software dev who probably wants to live alone. And if you are living alone and like being that way, then the only way you can afford that is if you afford a basement <laughs> suite. You, know? you can't afford a condo to yourself, not in Vancouver. Uh, this got out of hand, so I'm going to go back. <laughs> <laughs> Only um, now did it get out of hand. <laughs> not not for the first 40 minutes of this episode, no, sir. Um, yeah, and everything runs on it. It's crazy. Smartphones, rocket ships, cars, 
you name it. You name what you want to run on Linux, and it's probably already is there running. Toasters. It's there. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Cool. I I don't need I don't even need to look it up. It's okay. there. Yeah. And and yeah, and if you need more information about Linux, uh, go watch the epic rap battle between. Uh, Bill Gates and that Steve Jobs. It's yeah. Because at the end, it gets complete with everything, all the all the facts <laughs> you need. Yeah, this whole episode could just be summarized into that epi- into that song. Um, and if we get a thousand subs, maybe we'll do a cover off. Yeah, I know all the words, so it'd be easy. <laughs> That's true. This, I didn't realize this podcast was just kind of transitioning into my first uh, singles and. Yeah. Albums. Well, ever since the last episode, you once you pointed out how bad our YouTube impressions are, I'm just trying to divert more traffic there. Now. I see. Okay. Yeah, high quality music you know, videos you... based on covers of obscure songs. That's the way to go. That's you have to target a niche, the... and it's the only yep, way. That's about as niche as it gets. Yeah. Um, more things about Linux. Uh, it's it's probably one of the only or the biggest open source software that have made too many companies a lot of money because it's open source and the target was hey everybody should you know enjoy it freely a lot of companies took it modified something and they were just like hey buy our thing and it's crazy uh, how much that has gone like Red Hat. Red Hat is an entire organization based upon charging people money for Linux. Uh, and I'm not describing them as evil. Somebody has to maintain these things. Linus doesn't spend his full time even developing the code anymore. He just looks at pull requests and merges them, which is honestly sounds much worse than a full time job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's his baby and he's taking care of it. So sure. Uh, but yeah, Red Hat, giant organization, has too many softwares under it, just like Apache Foundation. Um, to be fair, Apache has a lot of things that are free, and like truly, actually free, as opposed to Red Hat, where there's like there's a license, and then there's some more licenses, and then there's a little bit more licenses on top of it, which will charge you money for. Um, and all of this, all of this came from this 21-year-old just sitting on his laptop being like, yeah, this would be kind of cool to do. Uh, bu- building new OSS is tight. Yeah. And then he did it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it just it just blows my mind how everything, most of the, like the thing I touch the most are cloud computers. And I can't even imagine building a Docker image without using from Alpine, or from Ubuntu or from some Linux flavor because until Linux came into this world or even Linux was the one of the first OSS that launched OS level virtualization. They were so good at distributing responsibilities on how you can take essential parts of the component off of what runs operating system, shove it down at the kernel level and then at the OS level just be like you can run six different OSS virtualized if you want. And then Windows came and was like, wait, what? And then Linux was like, yeah, you can run our whole thing on a USB stick. And Apple's just sitting there being like, nah, it's MacBook or nothing. <laughs> you, 
you can run our yeah. software outside of our machines. They're ju they're just their own. Yeah, sorry, I couldn't universe. hear you past all the money that we have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, money. That's the yeah, thing yeah. I like. <laughs> yeah. So they're just sitting there on their own thing. But Windows, Windows tries so hard. They're just like, we want to be in everybody's hands. We'll make a Windows phone that no one's gonna use. Uh, whereas <laughs> Android phones were the shit, and then Google was just like that that looks good let's buy that yeah. and then hi there hello i like that, that. <laughs> it's mine now i yeah. decided yeah <laughs> <laughs> no you you can't you can't do that we don't like it when you do that but we have money so yeah, we, we called it oreo oh because <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> we're eating it uh, <laughs> uh but yeah it's all of that exists because 30 years ago linux was invented and I just I just like to ponder upon that here and there and just like think of how crazy technological leaps we've had in that 30 years and probably a large chunk of it is either inspired or is running on Linux just because they were just like here we go it's free you don't have to pay $150 for a Windows or an operating system that you can only upgrade in certain periods of time when we decide to launch it um, and every alternate launch is going to be absolute garbage. <laughs> yeah, there's not a Linux Vista that everybody was waiting to no, take there it away is from. Not. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting though when you get to the the GUI level and how there's totally different approaches between the big three. You've got Mac, Windows, and Linux, because it's like Apple. Their whole thing is we want it to work really well, and don't touch it, please, because if we just don't let them touch it, it'll keep working. Whereas it's almost a meme of sorts at this point in the like software people community of, all right, I, I plugged something into my Linux machine and then my mouse stopped working and I, they're not related. I don't know why uh, I'm trying to update drivers. Some, for some reason now I'm in the BIOS trying to do something just to get it to turn back on. And that was, that was the thing. It's the complete opposite end of that spectrum where it was like, we make everything as open as possible so that everybody can use it and tinker with it. But that means that it doesn't quote unquote just work uh, when you try to slap a UI on it and expose it to the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah, because they, they trust their users. They're just like, you know, if you're using Linux, you're probably know enough about computers or want to learn enough about computers that you won't be too heartbroken if you brick this. So go crazy. And honestly, if you're trying to just like mess with configuration files on Linux, use just run a live version. Plug in a USB stick, boot from it, run your Linux, go edit some random file in Etsy, and reboot. It's like it's crazy how easy and accessible it is. Um, and if you're into not saying you would be, and this is definitely not advice you should take, but if you run into like hacking or some sketchy shit, uh, you know, you have your entire operating system and anything it has done running on off of a USB stick. You plug it into place, you do your hacking or whatever, and then you can just destroy the USB <laughs> stick and there will be no trace of it. I did not uh, see that's where this was going. Again, not saying you should do it. Uh, it's, it's. You know, bad things are bad, and that's why they're bad, and that's why you shouldn't do them. Yeah, yeah, don't. Because if they were good, you would. That's why it rhymes. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, things that rhyme are true, yeah. and that rhymes. So, yeah. It's true. 
It's true. Great. Um, Glad we sorted I'm just that saying, out. I'm just saying how easy yeah. it is. You know, you can't run a portable version of Mac. You can run a portable version of Windows, but you better have a decent amount of RAM and everything on the computer and a 64 gig USB drive. Um, or they have those Intel sticks where everything's on the chipboard and you can just use the display as uh, HDMI output. But those things are a little bit more expensive and require a lot of juice. Uh, whereas for Linux, you can buy a $10 Raspberry Pi Zero and run it. You could have a computer the size of a credit card running an entire operating system doing whatever you want it to do because it's just so lightweight and fast. What's a computer? What's a computer? That was the that was the Apple weird ads that they oh, ran for a while. Oh yeah. They they like to mention it on the Waveform podcast. Every time they talk ah. about iPads or something, they're like, oh yeah, what's a computer? And Marquez hates it, so he's always like, Andrew, stop. Because <laughs> it gets pretty cringe. It is, but that's what all most Apple uh, ads used to be. So yeah, they. I haven't seen any new ones, so I can't say right. anything. They dabble sure, in, in the cringe. That's their, they have their, Apple is just its own thing. They have their, they have their people doing things. They, it's just this elite group that if you like simplicity or you have a lot of money, most likely both, you can be in that group. Do you know? Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, USB drive. Oh yeah. Cool thing about Linux. Mm -hmm. There are no such thing as extensions. Their file extensions aren't a thing. They're every file can just live without extensions, and so long the encoding can be re read by whatever software you're running, it'll run, and it'll do good. As opposed to Windows, and actually I don't know about Mac, but Windows very much relies on extensions to identify different file types and what it should do. Uh, Linux is just, this is a, a blob, a binary object. Do, do what you must. <laughs> Uh, and <laughs> extensions and everything only exist for people to identify things uh, properly and understand what they want to do. Um, yeah, so many executable, single file executable system. You know, in Windows, you try to run something, there's probably 50 DLLs and a whole bunch of th folders behind it. On Linux, you could have a single binary that you can just port from computer to computer. The ultimate dream of a kid where they can just like copy paste the shortcut and think the software is going to work, you know? <laughs> so if your kid learns how to use Linux, he's going to have a happy life, relatively. I think that's, considering yeah, that's a good, good takeaway, I guess. Just, if you know Linux, your life is going to be good. Wow. There's a big asterisk there, <laughs> but... We'll decide what <laughs> needs to go in that asterisk later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But since we said it on the show, it's a yep. fact. And last, but not the least, coolest thing about Linux, which I'm sure you'll agree okay, with, tell me. is the icon. It's a, it's a friggin' penguin. It, yeah, I am biased towards that. Yeah. You know, unlike a poor window with lights coming out of it, or a bite, bitten Apple. Like, Apple, that's just the brand, too. Like, OSX doesn't have that. OSX has that weird circle with the X in it and stuff. Right? Who gives a shit? Penguins. Penguins are where it's at. And uh, they are the best animal, you know? objectively speaking. 
That sounded very objective. Yes. Well, this is <laughs> this is what I tell all my friends, and nobody's convinced me otherwise yet. Hmm. There was actually this one documentary where uh, Benedict Cumberbatch did this whole um, narrative of some animal documentary, and he said the word penguins too many times, or so many times that he got sort of confused if he's saying it right. So it, sometimes he he'd be like, "Is it penguin or penguin? Uh, penguin." penguin and it was just hilarious to hear him like try to fight with himself mm. if he's saying it right or not yeah hmm. benjamin cumberland and we all know who i'm talking yeah. about <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is benjamin cambersnap we're talking about <laughs> you mean budman <laughs> i just make random noises at this point and it's correct uh, but yeah, that's all I had for Linux. I could just keep on going how awesome it is, how it makes hosting and software easy because of how good the memory and CPU impact is, how it handles virtualization and threaded and concurrent tasks better than Windows and Unix did in the past days. I don't know if they've improved at all, but uh, Linux does it differently and does it better. Um, and yeah, just... It's just a great OS. I'm just so happy it exists. Most of my job wouldn't exist without it. And uh, yeah, I here is hoping for another, another 30, you know? Dang. Yeah. Or maybe it's time for something else to come better. Maybe a new OS written all in Go. A Ginnix. Yeah, yeah, because uh, you can write your own version, but it'll be yeah. in Go. So it'll be even better that it starts with a G. Of course. G yeah, G Ginnix. It'll be um, Go Runtime Operating Subsystem Subsystem, and the the, the both be individual S's, so it'll spell gross. <laughs> 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 okay, you yeah, really went for that. All right. <laughs> I. It's fascinating to me how fast my mind can come up with such bullcrap. Well, yeah. But it does. Because people would probably assume it was like, you know, GROS or something. And because they think it stands for operating system. It's like, oh, it's GROS. No, he's actually pronounced gross. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can do that thing, actually. Just keep it a single S and just be like, it's pronounced gross. It's like the people fighting over how to, how to say uh, a genome or gnome or gnome. For the distribution of Linux. <laughs> yeah. At least well, they. So long they can. Yeah, at least at least they still say AMIs. I'm sure. You know, you say AMI, I say AMI. <laughs> We're not the same. <laughs> I would say it's potato, 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 English. but one of them is <laughs> much more painful than potato. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, uh, on the note of Linux improving our lives and doing better at everything than other OSS, besides the visual part, they'll come. Sure. They'll yeah. come. When the gaming industry starts adopting Linux, I'm sure it'll be like exponential graph or how good the oh how good the whole video driver thing. Probably. Does. You're, yeah. Yeah. It's it's what runs the runs everything. I, I'm sure Apple, if they weren't such a premium brand, would also have a shitty UI. But because they are able to control the hardware, it's good. Linux is just like, we'll run on everything. 
but um, uh, things couldn't be given. <laughs> Um, but yeah, speaking of things being better, uh, are there anything that you've been doing better on or will be continuing to do better on in your yeah, life? boy. So I placed an Arcteryx order for a couple jackets. Wow. So that's exciting. Um, I'm going to look so slick this fall and winter and hopefully for many years to come because I hope these jackets last a long time. Uh, I hung out with friends twice in the last week. Which is very exciting. So I guess since the last time we recorded, not even a full week, just the last time we recorded. I'm very happy about that. Um, mm -hmm. And after the existential crisis, I basically did a backup and restore on my brain. So I just spent an afternoon revisiting. So I, this thing I've done, this is going to sound weird to people, but this thing I've done for years now is when I'm at a memorable moment or a moment that like I feel good about, I'll just hang out there for a while and just sort of soak in the moment. So sometimes it's just like standing somewhere on like a nice day and just sort of stick that in my brain somewhere and be like, remember this moment, it's a good time. And so I spent the afternoon uh, spending a lot of time in those moments mentally, just being like, what did I feel like when I was at that time? Uh, what things were I thinking about? And it essentially the goal was to like, uh, throw in the trash all the things I've had in my brain for the last year and been like forget about all that just pretend all that none of that happened because it's not useful information like essentially I, I, I got here by thinking just imagine if I had like is really dumb and I didn't actually have all these reasons to be so mad about situations that have happened over the last year it's like how much better would I feel and I went all right I can't do that. But what I can do is essentially pretend like none of that happened and I don't need to worry about it. Uh, and so I focused on, let's just not think about anything reasonably and we'll just feel good about stuff. And that actually really worked. So I, I essentially did this a ton throughout Friday afternoon, spent like multiple hours just focusing on this. And then Saturday morning, I woke up, played some video games and I was on my way to the gym and thought, had the thought to myself of, oh, I feel like myself, which I haven't thought for a long time. So that was great, worked really well. Uh, generally, that's what I did without getting into too many specifics, but feeling a lot better. And as far as doing better, <laughs> I realized that what I thought was a, a maintenance intake of calories was not a maintenance intake of calories. So I gained back like three pounds in three weeks. So uh, cleaning that up, I need to, I've, I'm back down a pound or so since I noticed that that was a thing. And so fixing that up. It's not just three pounds of pure muscle? No, because initially I wasn't too worried about the first couple because I knew that I was, um, I was going to regain some weight once I stopped trying to lose weight because that's essentially what happens. You just gain water weight back, you're, you fill back up with carbs and, and what have you. Um, but then it didn't, it didn't go back down, it kept going up. <laughs> so I thought there's always a rebound weight and then a little bit of a drop off and it stabilizes, but it didn't stabilize lower, it stabilized higher and kept going up. So had to fix that and it was, it's been fairly straightforward, just behaving myself a bit more with, with food intake. And, oh, based on that investing in happiness, one of the things that 
I already knew but was good to hear was that um, it's very difficult to predict what you will like or want in the future, but it's very easy to remove things right now that are causing you unhappiness or frustration. And so I'd first heard this on a podcast a few years ago, uh, where essentially the best thing you can do to increase your daily happiness is not by adding things you think will make you happy, but by removing things that frustrate you. And so I, a few years ago, I made a list of things like, oh, my, my headphones don't stay connected as well as I wish they did um, to my phone. That causes me frustration. Uh, literally, a motorcycle just went by as I'm talking. Where I live is really noisy, and that is infinitely frustrating. It was also nice that on that Investing in Happiness video, they mentioned that in the podcast, because they have a podcast named that as well, they mentioned one of the specific things, again, something I knew but I'd forgotten about, was that there are studies on people living near busy roads or invariably noisy areas and people never adapt to it. It always just causes chronic stress, even if you've lived there for years. And so I think I have some goodwill built up from the first two years when things were just a dirt pit and the intersection was one block further away. And then the last three years, two and a half-ish, I guess, years, uh, they've the new bridge was built, the intersection moved closer, there's now emergency vehicles going by, there's a patio out front so people are getting drunk and screaming, and I really just need to move. So one of the things I've been looking at are my options for relocating, even if it's staying in town, um, and just accepting the fact that this is going to be something that would make me feel a lot better day to day because it is a, a chronic uh, effect on my well-being. So there's really no point to, to deal with that anymore. Far enough in my career that if I need to pay more to live somewhere else, I can afford to do that and it'll make me happier. So evaluating my options there and I'll keep doing so uh, while someone that I know tries to convince me to move to the mainland. What? I was not, um, but there's definitely lots of quiet areas because <laughs> there's more, more place here. And our quiet areas are still accessible by transit, unlike you live in Souk and you can't go anywhere because you need a yeah. car. I did see a house that was a bit outside of town. And I was like, man, if I could just get some friends, we could rent a mansion for like seven grand a month. And I could have a yard and just live in a mansion with a bunch of people. It'd be great, especially because I'm very lonely these days. So I'd be like, oh, that sounds great until two weeks in and I'm sick of everybody. But the idea for a moment sounded fun. Yeah. So you can maintain that balance in a place that rhymes with Chernobyl. <laughs> right. I'll keep, I'll keep that in mind. I'll look at my options. I'm evaluating. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. Uh, I'm just a data provider. Nothing right, more. unbiased yeah. source for data. Unbiased. The is data the word are to go. what the data That's are. That's what I was stick with. The data are. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah. So some things I did better mm -hmm. on uh, were we now have posts coming in every day. Every day, one to two posts on our social media page. Holy smokes. Come in and hot. Uh, they're scheduled for the next 10 days and I'm hoping I can continue the chain so that I can at least guarantee a post every day for September and I think I'm finding enough different themes that I'll be able to sort of like dedicate a kind of post for like two days a week or something 
and then have a thing going uh, for month to month. Um, right now I do have some fillers where there's a lot of episodes we haven't posted about before that I can post about again uh, or post by the first time. But I'm thinking even if I change the template a little bit and for the same episode if I'm providing a different value, I can post about that episode again and again. Uh, so long the content is different, it's doing something new, it's a new thing. Uh, so that should be good, hashtag value, you know. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, learning about that, improving that a little bit, playing out with Canva. Uh, even before the free tier, it does have a lot of um, functionality, which shout out to them, they did a good job. I, I was not using it because every template I ended up liking was just paid, or you have to pay for the pro. Um, but I did find some things, or the, even the paid one, they show you how it looks like. So if you're creative enough, you can find the elements and then stitch them together yourself. It's just putting in time. Uh, so doing that, enjoying that, um, I am getting better at reading. So I got a new Kindle, and it's so convenient. It's so convenient, so light, and I don't have to, like, for bigger books, I always needed to use both my hands or one of my thumbs would always get tired and have to flip. Kindle's just light and easy, and I'm really enjoying it. I, I thought I would miss the actual paper flip and pages, uh, but so far, no. And the functionality of being able to look up any word that I don't know the meaning of immediately um, is, yeah, so I'm, I'm sold. I, I'm, I've already gotten my money's worth off it. I've read like 40, 60 pages of this book I'm reading uh, and just enjoying it. So, yeah, so, and it's, yeah, it's convenient, it's good, blah, blah, blah. So the mo main point is the habit is going good and it's encouraging the habit building. Uh, so I'm enjoying that and yeah, have been getting into a decent sleep schedule. So uh, I feel much better in the mornings and feel like an old person going to bed at like 8.30, but that's life, and you just got to do it sometimes. So, As the month progresses, it'll feel easier to go to bed at that time, too. I, I think so, yeah. Like, it's been two weeks almost now for me going to the bed, and I, I do like going to the bed at that time. So long I get out of work or my laptop and stop looking at my screen by like 7.00. Um, even if I'm like playing video games after that, it's okay because the TV is much farther and I'm not like actively engaged into it with my brain as I am with like working or creating something. Uh, so that's been that's been something that uh, I now know more. Or else I have to spend a whole bunch of time like doing body scanning and breathing meditations to like my whole body to be like, okay, no, you should be tired. You need to rest. Relax. Relax. Uh, even if I can calm my brain down. And the thing you mentioned about looking, you know, into a past memory, it is a visualization meditation. It's not a weird thing. It's a very common and famous practice to encourage some positivity in you. It's like you look at something good that happened in the past. You try to remember that emotion. Mm -hmm. Your brain feels happy because you, that emotion is now in your present. And then once you are through that, you can start thinking about, something good that'll happen in that day or in that week and then you look forward to that and just thinking about something happy you realize makes you happy and then you focus on that happiness and it keeps you happy and logically it all makes sense yes the part i, th I was saying was weird was like i do it proactively like i, I planned i i plant 
these things when they're happening. It's not like I go back in my memory uh, and look for them and be like, oh, it was the time I was happy. It's like, no, no, I set up flags when I'm in a yeah. moment and I'm like, all right, this is something I'm, I should think about later. Uh, yeah, checkpoint, roll back. That's checkpoint, what I'm saying, yeah, back up and restore. Yeah. I basically did a full <laughs> on like, let's just become Nathan 2019 uh, and forget about the last year and a half other than obviously work <laughs> stuff, which I can't officially forget. But for some reason it worked remarkably well. I was surprised. Yeah. And it might, it just might not sound weird to me because I also do it and I'm also a fellow weirdo and you know, other normal people might not do it, but I've definitely like stood at places or been around people and just like stood there in silence for a moment, just be like, I'm just taking it in. I just need to remember this moment because mm -hmm. I'm really happy or I really like this. And on dates, it sounds like a very cute thing to do. On parties or when you're hanging out with a bunch of friends, I was like, what? what, what? Uh, or when you're by yourself, you could just, you know, still just look at something and be like, yeah, I feel good right now. I'm going to remember. Yeah, mine are mostly alone. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's just... One I thing I did forget to give an update cool. on for a while that I did want to mention before I forget, you reminded me with this looking at computer screens stuff, is... I mentioned I was looking, or I was practicing looking at stuff that's further away and how it seemed to be helping my vision. And having done a few more weeks of that since I last mentioned it, absolutely feels a lot better. There's like a few key spots I go mm. to. Um, one of them, just across the road there, uh, there's a fence that I can stand at, and that way it's super consistent on how far away I am each day. And I just look across the street at the street sign and there's things that are middle distance further and then past that and my eyes feel so good after i spend five minutes or so looking at that sign and it used to take 10 15 minutes if i actually wanted to be able to focus on that sign and now i can pretty much just walk up even if i haven't looked at anything far away in hours and my eyes will just like kind of go blurry for a second on it and then fade in and then it's almost crystal clear uh, which was not happening a month ago so it's getting better, eyes feel good afterwards, and just generally seem to be getting in more of the habit of naturally looking at stuff that's further away when I'm walking as opposed to consciously having to think about it. Because my, my natural thing used to be kind of glancing in front of me, but kind of down. And mm -hmm. now it's much more head level and above, which is good. Yeah, always look up. So they say. I don't know why. Because that's, <laughs> that's where the birds, bird crap comes from. Perfect. So if you're always looking up, you know where the, where the shit is happening. <laughs> and you can either avoid it or be in it. True. Yeah. yeah. So always look up, guys. Because that's the show. Bye. Bye. <laughs>